Brother Moody, preach to me. God bless you. Thank you, sir. Praise the Lord, everybody. You can be seated. It's so good to be back in church. Amen. I love going to church. We fell in love with church a long time ago. And we have not fell out of love with going to church. Praise the Lord. We were actually talking about that a little bit today, how we used to take our vacation trips to go to church meetings with our children. And, uh, you know, there's some, been some tremendous things happen from that. We actually saw our son healed of uh, Argillian-Barre syndrome at a meeting. We used our vacation time to go on a meeting, and our son was healed. And uh, you get to thinking about those things, and it becomes a very powerful uh, thing in your life to look back on. It's a strength that you can reach back and get a hold of. So don't ever become weary with being in church. You never know what's going to happen when you go to church. Amen. I always, uh, if I had to stay home because of illness or whatever, I, it was a dread come on me because I knew somebody's going to call me and tell me what I missed. And uh, I, I hated missing anything in church. It's good to be here and thank you again so much for all the accommodations. I forgot to say thank you for the lunch today. It was so good and appreciate that, Sister Riggin. And uh, we... Uh, everything's just been top shelf. Your pastor and his wife are just top shelf when it comes to these. We appreciate that. We're undeserving, but we do appreciate it very, very much how comfortable and welcome you've made us feel and all of our needs taken care of. We uh, thank you so much for that. Good to have my wife uh, with me. I'd like for her to stand and leave word of testimony tonight. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Amen. Amen. My, my. Well, we had church today. And uh, I'm not going to really be satisfied until we do it again. Praise the Lord. How about you? Well, let us stand together, turning to the book of Luke, chapter 15. Book of Luke, chapter 15. We'll begin reading at verse 8. Luke chapter 15, verse 8. Praise God. I am uh, so glad to be associated with men like your pastor. It's refreshing to see people all over this country that fell in love with God and uh, are just humble, obedient servants to the call that God's put in their life. You walk in buildings like this. You know, the building's nice, but what really makes this is what I'm looking at on these pews tonight. And uh, I always felt this way. You see a reflection of the pastor when you look out over the congregation. It's a good view from where I'm at here today, Pastor. I appreciate what you're doing here. Praise the Lord. Luke chapter 15, verse 8. Either what woman, having ten pieces of silver, if she lose, if she lose, if she lose. Are you reading along with me? What's the next word there? One piece. If she just lose one piece, amen, doth not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she find it. 
And when she had found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the, the peace, the one peace which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy. Everybody say joy. joy. There is joy in the presence of, of the angels. My. You understand that's the celestial. Joy in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner that repented. My, my. I want to talk to us tonight about what has been lost in your house. My, my, what has been lost in your house? Let's lift our voices again. Help me pray. Let's get God's attention for this service tonight. God, we love you and we thank you, Jesus. The power and the presence of your spirit is so evident in this house right now. We thank you for that. We ask you, Lord God, move in the midst of this congregation. God, and do what you see is needful for every person that is here. We're hungry for you today, God. There's a hunger in us. Oh, Lord, help us today. God, God, Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. Praise the Lord. Everybody say, in Jesus' name. God bless you. You can be seated. Appreciate you standing for the reading of the Word of God. Chapter 15 of Luke is, it is comprised of three parables. Jesus himself being the narrator as it is recorded by Luke. And here we're dealing with in all three of these areas, all three of these scenarios that are presented to us. It's dealing with the lost or it's dealing with sinners but in three different areas. It's, uh, it's almost like messages that you preach out of the same verse of scripture, covering same areas, same topics, same subjects, and using same verses, uh, just dealing with the same problem, coming back at it from a different angle. So we find that the first of these, uh, uh, through the seventh verses that Jesus is dealing with a sheep that has not made it to the fold. So it and then drew near unto him uh, all the publicans and sinners for to hear him. And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, uh, saying, This man receiveth sinners and eateth with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you? What man of you, having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, doth not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he find it? Mine. Then uh, when he had found it, he layeth it on his shoulders, rejoicing. When he cometh home, he calleth together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me. I have found my sheep which was lost, saying unto you, I say unto you, uh, that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons uh, which need no repentance. Well, when I read this, I understand uh, that uh, the, the, the power of uh, the compassion of my Lord. 
that he sees every sparrow that falls. He knows uh, everything uh, that's going on. There's nothing escapes his attention. I'm thankful to know today, the Bible describes it in many ways. Uh, he knows the thought of my mind. He knows the intent of my heart. Uh, he knows how many hairs are on my head. I can't even keep up with all of that. All I know is there's more going down the drain these days. Amen. But he knows. He knows. He knows who you are. He knows your name. He knows what's been going on around your life. He knows what you've been involved in. He knows what you've been shunning. He knows what you're hungry for. Well, come on now. Somebody's going to have to help me out tonight. Praise the Lord. He knows it all. My, and I'm thankful that it doesn't matter even if it's one, one lost sheep. God is interested. It's not like uh, all of his attention is given to those uh, that are there and available. I'm gonna tell you, he said he came to seek and to save uh, that which were lost. Uh, hallelujah. It's the ministry of Jesus Christ. Uh, and it's more than a ministry today. It has become the doctrine of Christ uh, that he has implemented into the church uh, in this very hour that we would get the pulse and the heartbeat uh, of Jesus Christ when it comes uh, to the lost community that's around us. Uh, we should never stop searching uh, for that one lost sheep. Amen. Mainly because we were that one sheep one time in our own lives. Amen. And here we find that the answer to the lost sheep dilemma also concludes with repentance from sin. Amen. Repentance will not only put sheep in the fold, uh, it will keep sheep in the fold. Anybody repent today? Did you repent of all of it? Amen. Did you repent of all of it? Did you repent enough that you felt good about yourself? Or did you repent enough that God started feeling real good about you? <laughs> well, well, well. My, my. So, so <laughs> the, uh, the answer to the uh, lost sheep dilemma is Repentance, and it's such a powerful thing that repentance is such a powerful thing that even when one sinner will repent that the angels in heaven begin to rejoice and there's joy in heaven when one person repents of the sins that they've committed against God. My, my, my. That's powerful, church. That every time you say, God, I'm sorry. I have really messed up. You may say, God, I, I don't know what's going on, but if I need to repent, I'm repenting right now, just, it, just out of the safety of nothing else. It, every time you 
Use that voice that we talked about today. When you open up that mouth and you begin to express what's inside that heart and soul to God, that sorrow for coming up short, for missing the mark, it's been described many ways, but it's really all about sin. God, forgive me of the sins I've committed today. My angels start rejoicing in heaven. Uh, joy breaks out in heaven. My, my, my. You know, it's already happened this afternoon. The joy has come into heaven. Rejoicing has broke out in heaven. In prayer service just this evening, the joy broke loose. Uh, rejoicing broke loose. I know because I repented standing right over there. I can't afford to walk to this pulpit with the idea that I'm not clean before God. My, 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 did you repent today? Did you repent today? My, well, don't, don't start getting all, all geared up to shout until you get repented. <laughs> amen, amen. Well, we're going to toss a big loop. You know, sometimes God throws a big loop. You know, cowboys, they call it when they start putting it all together and and they start measuring what they need. It's called building a loop. He's building a big loop here. And he's going to toss it out over this place. And he's going to start taking up slack. And we're going to see what's in the middle. Amen. Luke 11 and 24 is another parable. And we find that, uh, or Luke 11 through 24 in the 15th chapter of, of Luke but in the 11th through the 24th verses, we find a description of a son who was in the fold, or father's house, if you will. And he left. Or you could say he backslid. Amen. Can we still use that word today? It's a, it is a biblical term, you know. I had one guy here a while back. It's been many, many moons ago somewhere between here and the Atlantic that told me, he said, oh, I don't like to use that word anymore in the church. I said, oh, really? He said, no, he said, they're just straying children of God. I said, I got you. Amen. The Bible said that people backslide. Amen. And they leave church and they leave him. They denounce the doctrine of truth. Praise the Lord. Don't get, don't get all locked up on me tonight. I don't even know where all this is going to wind up yet. So let's all just go together. How about it? But in the 11th verse, he said, here's the other parable. A certain man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. Not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, he spent everything, all, he spent it all. There was nothing left to enjoy in the world. He could not afford another good time. He couldn't afford another carnal moment. He couldn't afford one other thing. And, it, and, and this is where he winds up. There arose a mighty famine in that land and he began to be in want. And he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country and he sent him into the field to feed swine. 
And he would fain. Now I'm going to tell you, that means he seriously considered. That's what that really means. He would fain have filled his belly with the husk that the swine did eat and no man gave unto him. I mean, he was really contemplating uh, getting down on all fours and scooting old Arnold out of the way and getting into the trough to eat with swine. You ever been around a pig pen? Anybody raise pigs? That's, you can't find many people that know about raising hogs anymore. I guess I'm getting old. We raised hogs when I was a kid to stay alive. It's a long story. I don't have time to tell it all. Cattle market fell through the floor, and so we turned to hogs to try to stay alive. I'm going to tell you something. Hogs stink. Could have get a witness in the house. I wish we could get on one page together tonight. Do hogs stink? Well, say amen. Oh, hallelujah. Now, if we don't agree on another point, I feel like we got together on that one. <laughs> my, my. I, I, I feel like you've got the chokehold on me up here tonight. My. Hey, he was going to get down in the middle of, now, a lot of people call that mud. All that isn't mud, <laughs> if you know what I mean. <laughs> and we communicated, didn't we? Okay. And he's willing to get down in the filth of the pigs to just survive. My. I'm going to tell you, the man made a huge mistake. The man made a huge mistake. And it took him down a long, hard road. I'm sure when it all played out, it looked so neat, them caravans had come by while he was out on the backside of the farm. And them old tinkling bells around the necks of the camels and them flirty little girls uh, coming along with it. And more something got a hold. They were talking about that far country. My, you ought to see the far country. Oh, you need to get off of that farm, boy, and come on and see the world with us. But you know, he did. And, and he took everything uh, that he could afford to take uh, from Father's house and he spent it on everything thing he could spend it on and he come up empty and he come up unhappy and he was in want he was in want amen he, he, was, he wasn't satisfied with where it took him he was living out uh, the curse of a bad decision amen and then verse 17 when he came to himself he came to himself I hope somebody will shake themselves today. I hope somebody will come to their self. It's almost like waking up out of a nightmare, waking up out of a bad dream. And a little bit there, you're disoriented and, you, and you're trying to get your bearings. But when you finally understand that it was only a bad experience, uh, uh, you can start moving on with life. Uh, I'm going to tell you, I feel like I'm talking to somebody that's been going through a bad experience and possibly based on 
bad decisions, but I'm here as a messenger from God today to tell you that, hey, it's not too late to turn it around. It's not too late to, to get everything back together with God. There is a way back to Father's house. There is a way back to Father's house. Oh, my, my, my. He came to himself and he said, how many hired servants of my father have bread enough in despair and I perish with hunger. I'm perishing with hunger. I'm starving to death. I will arise and go to my father and I will say unto him, and this is where it started coming together for him. He was rehearsing his repentance. He began to formulate repentance uh, that he was gonna give to Father when he ran on to him again. I just wanna ask you today, have you ever sat down uh, and considered your life uh, and formulated the appropriate repentance to, that would fit the circumstances of your spirit? Am I? I've got grandkids. I've raised two children, got six grandchildren. You got some of them, you know, you, you, I'm telling you, we got them four boys, six to four, four grandsons. And I'm telling you, it's like a miniature cage fight every time you get them together. You know, and it, you know, but sometimes they break the rules and you gotta straighten them out. You tell them, you tell him you're sorry. Sorry. No, tell him you're sorry. Sorry. You know, or they'll kind of hide behind uh, something and look around, I'm sorry. You know, a little bit shallow. For two knots and a thumb in the eye. <laughs> you know, there's no heart in it. I've seen times when they didn't do it right. I've seen them parents get a hold of them. And buddy, they took care of business where it counted. And then a broken attitude and a broken spirit, the apology is completely different. And it's received different. Amen. I didn't mean to spend a lot of time right here, but I feel something in the Holy Ghost. Amen. It really is important how we come to God about our transgressions. Amen. There's repentance. We talk about it a lot, and it's easy to get in that rhythm, you know, and put in time. Oh, God, I've had a hard day today, um, and, uh, you know, I've run into some things, and Lord, I want you to know I'm sorry for my sins. God, forgive me, and, and you just kind of do it in passing. But the Bible said that if you're gonna repent and repent right, there's got to be godly sorrow. My, you really gotta be sorry for it. Well, man, how sorry am I supposed to be? I know you need to convince God that you're sorry about it. I'm gonna tell you something. I think repentance uh, really needs to have a stronger look in this generation that we're living in today. 
because it's a precious commodity that's just being uh, this kind of uh, come, it's become a very generic thing. Amen. It's become a very generic thing. And if it's done appropriately, if it's done uh, with godly sorrow, I'll tell you, when it comes time uh, and you do it that way, there's going to be a grand reception. But you come to church and you repent and you leave and there's no joy, then what did you accomplish? And if you come and pray and you seek God and you repent and there's no joy, well, back when I was a kid, there was a little cartoon character before we got in church. His name was Elmer Fudd. And I'll quote him right now. Hello. Man, I was glad to see you could smile. <laughs> Man, I've seen happier faces than some of you got on the iodine bottle. You know that skull and crossbones that says poison on it? At least it's got a grimace, you know, a little bit of, my, my. Where's the joy, church? Where's your joy, church? I'm going to tell you, I don't know where you lost it, but you need to get it back. Because it's the evidence of something far deeper inside of you. Well, yeah, I can prove it. it uh, how about any, uh, you remember the day you got the Holy Ghost? Well, how was it? How was it? Some of y'all forgot. How was it? Woo, my, my, my. When I got the Holy Ghost, woo. My, my, I, I remember the night I got the Holy Ghost. You know, my wife and I came in when I was 23, our first child was born, and it's a long story. I left home when I was 17, went just as wild as you could get, got into everything and all of that. But anyway, we got in church, and, and uh, she, uh, you know, I'm real worried about everything because she come from the Baptist camp. And I'm thinking, you know, we, I'm going to get my family to go to church and she's going to get in all happy and everything and she'll get discontented with her. She won't get in and I'm here trying to make them. Boy, I had all this in my mind how this was just going to be horrible, me trying to get my family in church because she was a Trinitarian. Would you believe that she just got the Holy Ghost just like that? And I'm taking tools back that I stole. I'm going back to people that I beat up. And I'm going back. I mean, it's a big, long, drawn-out affair for me. You know, and I was raised in the church, brother. <laughs> Isn't that poetic justice how it works sometimes? But I remember the night. My dad happened to be at the church. He was evangelizing. He come by and he preached the night I got the Holy Ghost. And uh, I don't exactly know how it all happened, but I do know I, did about, I was about halfway up under the front pew with my head and shoulders right up under there. My legs just hanging out and, uh, and uh, church is going oh, every which direction. And I think dad was part of the way up under there with me and, and uh, I kind of come out of it and Victor Strickland weigh about 350. He's dancing up down on my legs. You could have cut my head off. I didn't care. I come up out from under there. You know how it was for me. I had old Sister Smith. 
Uh, she is the Holy Ghost giver back in them days. She's a chin slapper and a, you know, one of them kind, you know, and she done told me nine times I had it and, you know, but I come out from under that night, brother, didn't nobody have to tell me? Didn't nobody have to ask me? When I come out from under the pew, I, I come up, I knew I had the Holy Ghost. At one o'clock in the morning, I'm still calling people, telling them what happened to me. You remember that? The joy. Woo! The cleanness. The happiness. That washed feeling inside. My, my, next day on the job, my brother was backslid at that time and we worked the ranch together and we lived side by side on the ranch and I swung by and picked him up and, and, uh, and uh, no, it's backwards, I got it backwards. He come by my place and I got in with him and, and he's driving, you know, and, and he knows I'm going back to church and he knows that I just, uh, this was on Monday morning and, and he looks at me and he drives along a little more and he looks at me and we're headed up to the barn to start our day and he looks over and he says, well, you got it, didn't you? I said, I sure did, man. I got it! Woo! Yes! I got it! Old tears started coming down his face, you know. That's what I'm talking about. It was a noticeable change. I walked in the office, start lining out the day. And I just walked in, went and got my coffee as usual. Went and got my clipboard like I always did. Had all the crew in there. And I just walked through the room, went back, got my coffee, come back, you could hear a pin drop. They haven't said anything. Y'all looking at me. One of the boys said, what in the world is going on with you? I said, what's wrong with you? I said, there's nothing wrong with me. He said, man, are you all jacked up on something or what? I said, no. One of them said, I think he's all Jesus stuff. And I said, no. One said, is this that Protestant thing? I said, no, it's that Pentecostal thing. <laughs> when was the last time somebody noticed your joy? was the last time somebody said, hey, what's going on with you? What's that all about? <laughs> my, 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 you do remember the day you got the Holy Ghost. You remember how it felt? There's a few more of you getting on board. You act like I'm setting you up for a firing squad or something tonight. No, really, it, it, I'm just asking you, do you remember? Well, maybe I am. What happened? It pays to really watch sometimes. What happened to it? Elder, I'm really concerned about church when we come in and we sing and we pray and we worship and there's no smile before, during, or after. No joy. Where's it at? 
Man, some of you need to be strong. Somebody need to be strengthened in your spirit. Everybody said amen, we all do. Need to be strengthened where the joy of the Lord is your. Well, how do you get it? How do you get it? How do you get it? Man, you know what I'm doing? I'm really pestering some folks that hadn't prayed through in a long time. And you know it. You know it. I'm the proverbial hair in your biscuit right now. And you know it. And you know you need to. You know it's been too long. (laughs) Well, the day is not over. How about today? What's wrong with right now? How about some joy? It's only one sincere repentance away. Your joy is just on the other side of your repentance. Oh, let's go ahead and worship the Lord. If they can get happy over one, I wonder what would happen if we all could just come to that tonight. I'm gonna tell you, heaven would have something to talk about Monday morning. Woo! Man, you you heard what happened in Olathe? I shouted till my halo fell down around my ears. Oh yeah, I shouted till I sweat all the way through my white robe. <laughs> I am having an awfulest time getting some of you with me tonight. <laughs> my, what a wonderful thing could happen tonight if somebody just give up like you did when you got the Holy Ghost and let Jesus take over. Let the power of God take over. You can walk out of here with a smile on your face. You can walk out of here with the same cares of life, but you really wouldn't worry about it. (laughs) Oh, hallelujah. My, my, I feel something working in here right now. My, my, let's go ahead and love him again. I feel it, I feel it coming on. I hope somebody else feels that. Woo. My, my, my. 
every service, it's like there's that wall you've got to get through. Every service, it's like that thing you've got to just keep pushing against until you feel like you break right through it. I think we're just about that far from just breaking right through that thing. Some of you need some joy. Some of you need to be able to shout for the liberty that only God can give you. repentance to father's house did he not and what did he get in return my he restored him he restored him my he didn't tell him you just hang out on the outside of the property till I get tired of brooding this over he didn't slap him he didn't curse him he didn't I want to tell you what he did when he saw that poor thing coming across that field uh, he broke and ran to where he was it's where God's at with some of you tonight he just waiting on you to make the right move I'm going to tell you there's some lines God will not cross God will not cross some lines. Uh, He's not gonna cross the line of his word that says that if you've sinned and come up short, you've got to repent to be clean of it. Amen. My, my. Woo, well, you can be seated. I really didn't mean to spend a lot of time right here, but I feel like it was worthy. Amen. This is what he said. My son was dead and is alive. What's the father saying about you right now? You dead? Are you alive? Are you dead or are you alive? Well, think about that. How would he view you right now, dead or alive? Can I tell you, you're not going to make it to head uh, to, to heaven, DOA. <laughs> you can go to the hospital like that, but you, you're not going to make it to heaven like that. You're not going to be a DOA in heaven. That means dead on arrival, you know what I mean? Nobody 
will be able to drag you along on that trip. <laughs> so how is it? What is he saying about you? He was dead and is alive. He was lost and now he's found. What, how would he view you today? Lost or found? I feel like an eye doctor. One or three? <laughs> Trying to get your spiritual vision readjusted here. Five or four? Lost or found? Huh? Well, it's a serious business, isn't it? My, my. Repentance was also the answer to the prodigal's problems. Amen? As it would be with any sinner. If you got the idea I'm after some sin in the house tonight that needs to be reconciled before the Lord? You know, don't, don't get that shocked look and say, oh, me again? Just say, oh, me <laughs> again. Uh, you know, what's happening is, is God sending another messenger by to touch it again. To let you know that he's still interested in the relationship for now. For now. Huh? Isn't that how he dealt with Adam and Eve? They, they sinned, did they? They sinned in the garden. They had it all perfect. Sin got in the picture. And while they were hiding in the foliage uh, with aprons uh, made out of leaves, uh, he come back to that same place again and cried again at that favorite meeting place. Uh, he called uh, Adam's name, Adam! Whew, man, and they're off over someplace else, hid in the foliage. Uh-huh, hid in the foliage, hid in their sin. And he walks up and he starts calling their name and that echoes across that garden and he's telling Eve to be quiet and Adam, where are you? And he just can't take it anymore. He said, I'm over here, God. Do you think for a moment God didn't know where they were? He knew exactly where they were. But he did that to let them know I'm still interested in the relationship. I'm still interested in meeting you back at this place. You've been gone from your meeting place too long. We tapped out a little bit today about the lack of prayer. You're gonna to have to get back in that meeting place with him. New Testament version of that is, is go into that closet of prayer and shut the door. That means you've got to lock the world out and have some real quality alone time with God. Heard a group of African-American folks in a restaurant one night, they were all there and they were singing this little tune. Shut the door, keep out the devil. Shut the door in the middle of the night. Shut the door. That's what you've got to do. You've got to shut that door. And it's just got to come between you and God. And I'm going to tell you, I can hit and miss because I'm a man. But I, the Holy Ghost is hitting square on right now. 
Now to deny this is gonna put you in a prolonged agony. Well, the prodigal's problem was and the whole thing was dealing with the idea of inheritance without relationship. Before he could be restored to the inheritance, he had to reestablish the relationship. When he walked away from the relationship, which direction did his life go? It went all the way to the pig pen. Amen. You know, the title of my message is about lost coins, and I cannot get off of this. I'd like to get into that other part. But I really feel like that God is dealing with somebody that's caught up in the idea that I go to Pastor Riggins' church and I attend church there and I pay my tithe there and I give my offerings there and I worship and sing there and that, and you're covered by this blanket covering and, and in the collective sense of belonging into the natural sense of mankind and you've lost the concept of what really puts you in the church and keeps you in the church is your spiritual relationship with God. Amen. Amen. It's time to get back. It's time to get back. My, my. Ephesians 1 and 12, that we should be to the praise of his glory who first trusted in Christ and whom you also trusted. After that, you heard the word of truth. Huh? Hey, we're preaching truth tonight. The gospel of your salvation, whom also that after that you believed, you were sealed with that Holy Spirit of promise, which is, your pastor quoted part of this tonight, the earnest of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. But I'm gonna tell you, you can forfeit that by allowing the relationship to die. So how is your relationship with God? Would you say it's good, bad, average, on the rocks? Sometimes I wonder if people get the idea, can I really determine that within myself? Yes, you can. <laughs> you can. Yeah, so how's your relationship with God? Anybody in here married? Been scared to answer anything else? At least. <laughs> Wife, give him the elbow or something, you know, just get a hand in there. Anybody in here married? Yeah, let me talk to you men for a minute. Let me ask you this. If you did not talk to your wife for three solid days, didn't speak one word or look her way, what would be the first thing she'd say to you? Just the first thing, we ain't got time for all the other. <laughs> what would she say? 
I'm not a prophet. Don't claim to be the son of a prophet or any of that, but I can tell you this. She'd say, what is wrong with you? Just about like that, probably. (laughs) After three days. And by that time, you're already sleeping on the couch eating bologna. I wonder how God feels about this. And how long has it been now since you really? How long has it been? How long has it been since you knew of a surety that he still dwelled in you? (laughs) My, my. You know, he does type the, the church to a marriage a lot of times, and that's a good reason. We understand that, don't we, fellas? You better say yes, you you be in trouble you get out of here. I'm giving you some good advice right now. Uh, yeah. Yeah, because the, the relationship is very important. It really is. My, my. Our inheritance is contingent on our relationship with God. When he severed that relationship with his father, The mighty famine, which represents dealing with the circumstances of life without God. Anybody got any circumstances of life that you're dealing with right now? You know, that includes your job, your health, your children, your family. You know it. That's all circumstances of life. Many of you deal with circumstances of life. Every day, don't we? But how would you like to deal with all of that without God? And those of you that are trying, what in the world are you thinking? Let me ask you another important question. Is it working for you? Huh? Is it really working for you? My, my. I'm going to tell you, God can put you in a foxhole and shell mortars over your head so hot and heavy, you'd be happy to pray through. Some of you feel kind of like that right now, don't you? And you don't have to live like that. That's the good part about what I'm trying to bring to you tonight. I feel like the Lord's trying to let you know this is shaking you a little bit to open your understanding that, hey, you might not be where you think you are. And it's time to reconsider some of the things you've been allowing to go on in your life that's contrary to the teaching of this church and the instruction of this good man of God. Are you compliant? Well, I'm I'm talking real general. Do I have to start going down the list? Are you compliant? Are are you praying like he said you need to pray? Are you faithful like he said you need to be faithful? Are you on time for church like he said you ought to be? Are you taking care of the issues like he's instructed you to do? Oh, 
Well, you know, if these are still problems, you're trying to enjoy the inheritance without the relationship. I'm telling you, you're headed to the pig pen. You're on your way. It's just a matter of time if you're not already there. Man, the day that smile left is the day you started on a journey to a far country. Amen. You need your joy back. You can have it. You need your joy back. You can have it. <laughs> it really is that simple. We get to trying to figure all this out. We get to trying to figure out how to cut the corners and we get to trying to find the loopholes and all of a sudden everything gets complicated and confusing. But the message is simple. The message is simple. In every field of technology, there is a manual, a procedure manual. And when everything gets out of sync and there, there can't see a, seem to be a solution to the problem, you go pick up the procedure manual and you start on number one and you start walking down it until you find the problem. Got your procedure manual out lately? Boy, it works. You can start just going down through just a few things and all of a sudden revelation will start coming back just like it was when you were seeking for the Holy Ghost. Man, well, I couldn't see that before. My, my. He severed that relationship and he paid a horrible price. How about let's get it all turned around before the horrible price has to be paid. How about let's get it taken care of before you scar yourself up and have to live with that the rest of your life, spiritually or whatever. Sometimes I feel like that, you know, you, you got to outdo. Every time you get in pulpit, there's got to be a huge performance of something kind or something. You ever feel that, Pastor? It, it's like they, you, you got to blow their imagination apart again. And you know what? That come from the world. That come from the entertainment sector. And that, that's why you've got all these uh, uh, crazy junk going on in the world today because imagination can't be satisfied anymore. It's just got to be a bigger deal, a bigger shock factor. You know, we're not in the shock factor here. We're not dealing with the same mode of operation that the world deals with. All we're trying to attend to is the matter of the heart, trying to deal with the matters of the spirit, trying to deal with the matters of your mind and your relationship with God. It's simple. 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 I've had people tell me, you just don't understand. I've got this unique situation. No, 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 no. Hold it, hold it, hold it, hold it. That's contrary to biblical truth. There's no new thing under the sun. You don't have a unique situation. You don't have a problem that's too big for God to solve. You don't have a problem you can hide behind because you're just too lazy to pray. 
My. My, my. That's, that's, that's not the way this works. Let's just get back to the book and understand this. This is not how it works. We get these ideas about ourself. Uh-huh. When the Bible says that we need to have the mind of Christ. The mind of Christ. You know what the Bible says? Without him, we can. Without God, we can. Come on, say it with me. You can do nothing. But with him, all things are possible. My. You believe that? You believe that? My, my. Amen. All things are possible. Man, I've got to hurry. I, I never intended to spend this much time right here, but you know, some things are just necessary. It's almost like I'm back in the first parable and there's that one little sheep that really needs a lot of attention right now because you're lost and you don't even realize you're lost and you wandered too far out and now you can't find your way back. That's when you gotta go get them and say, hey, this is the way back. Come on, come on, come on, come on, come on. It's not a new avenue. There's not a new path. It's the same old path. Those old paths, those old paths, it'll take you right back to the fold. that seek you out the old path. It'll take you back to the fold. You're not gonna shout your way around your sin. You're not gonna sing your way around it. Your good deeds, now that's, that's in the Baptist camp down there. You know, you... You're going to impress God with all your good deeds when he's really wanting to be impressed by your repentance. My, my. Well, I promise you, as soon as this quits dropping in my mind right here, I'll move on, but this is the Holy Ghost at work right here. <laughs> you know, it's a miracle every time a man walks to the pulpit and anointing comes and it starts working like this. It's a miracle. I've got one message and there how many needs? One message and how many applications? One message and how many problems? Only God can do that. My. Soon as he returned to Father's house, his inheritance was secure again. How about some security? My, there's nothing quite like security. And there's nothing quite like insecurity. And we, coming out of Mexico, it was Holy Week, and man, it was packed, and uh, Travelocity dropped us through this. Uh, they gave us about half an hour to make an hour and a half run through Mexico City, and we missed our flight, and, and here I am in a country I can't speak the language. I can't communicate. I asked for the Northwest uh, ticket counter three times and got sent to the parking deck. <clears throat> I felt insecure. We're sitting on our luggage out in the, in the concourse. I wasn't about to leave that place. I wound up paying $200 to stay in the Hilton in the airport. I felt insecure. 
I'm going to tell you, when I got that seatbelt thrown across my lap the next day, I started feeling better. <laughs> Get me out of here. Man, I felt nine foot tall walking with Brother Darren Johns, you know, and his wife. They could talk to talk. Man, I couldn't do that. As long as we could modulate, everything was good. But man, uh, my translator was gone and I couldn't communicate and I couldn't get, my phone didn't work and everything. And I, boy, we felt pretty alone. Man, I'm sitting there and this big old dude looked like a football player come walking up there. I'm thinking, oh God. He said, you folks look like you could need some help. I said, you speak English? There is a God. How about some security? How about eliminating some of the worry off of your mind? Just come on back to Father's house. Everything's really good. My, my. We cannot enjoy all the good things God has promised without the relationship. Just remember that. But when you have that relationship, it's all opened up to you. My, my. Sandwiched in between these two parables, three verses that describe a person while yet in the house and in possession of the great gift of God has let something slip from their grasp. Either what woman, having 10 pieces of silver, if she lose one piece, doth not light a candle, sweep the house, seek diligently till she find it. This is the breakdown we're dealing with right here. This is the answer to the dilemma right here. Mm -hmm. When she found it, she called her friends and her neighbors together saying, Rejoice with me. I'm going to tell you, when's last time you remember somebody getting the Holy Ghost around here? You know when that happens, that's so unique. Because as soon as that, that, that surge of power hits, those tongues break forth, that faith illuminates, and the whole church starts feeling. Woo! Somebody in this room tonight needs to give everybody an invitation to rejoice with you tonight. You don't have to send out formal invitations. Woo, you just get that joy back and everybody in this house woo, is gonna be shouting all along with you. It has happened before in a large area. People, multitudes praying that is right at that breaking point and that first one break through the Holy Ghost. I've had my back turned to what was going on and boom, man, I feel that. 
You think that's something. What do you think's going on up in heaven? Well, in my crude way, I'm trying to impress somebody to make the right move tonight. 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 We find in this parable this woman had 10 pieces of silver and I took a lot of time to study this out. Being a parable from Jesus, I wanted to find the value of what this represented. And I'm telling you, when I got into this study, everybody had a different opinion about this. It was one of them things. It's almost elusive, you know. One of them said it's a dowry that's just worth, uh, in our equivalent of our monetary system, would be in the millions. Another one says it was just uh, enough money to get them put in a grave when they died. Or to afford the ointments to embalm them when they died. I mean, it was just everything all over the place. And I, man, I spent hours and hours going through this. There's got to be something that I can just nail down solid on this that has got to be. And you know what? I was sitting there and I just had to back away from everything and, and let my mind settle down for just a little bit. And what it come down to was uh, one thing. Uh, all it amounted to is what it meant to her. It was the value she placed on it. And when you look at it through that window of thought, there it's priceless. Huh? Your grandmother leave you a little something behind? Little lock of hair, a little note, a little picture. You wouldn't take a million dollars for it. Anybody else look at it, it wouldn't amount to anything. But it means something to you. The value that you place on it. And I began to realize the reason that come into my mind because this is all on the individual basis. We're all individuals. None of us are the same. None of us think the same. None of us act the same. None of us have the exact same backgrounds. And, and, and it's the, that's the multitude that God, but I'm gonna tell you, when you come into uh, the kingdom of God, uh, the Bible said that we should have all things common. It should be a common thread of value on what God has allowed us to enjoy. It should mean more to you than anything in this world. This gift of the Holy Ghost. My. The value. The value. My. You know, you look this whole picture over and you, you, you could back up and say, well, my, my. You know, I mean, it, it, she had value there, so she lost one piece. What's the big deal? She still had nine. Yeah. 
But if she continued in that direction, it wouldn't be long until she only had eight. And if she continued on in that direction, it wouldn't be long till she didn't have but one left. She knew she needed it all. To her, it took all 10 pieces to make the value right. Let me ask you, what part of this life for God can you live without? What part of the doctrine can you live without? You cannot live without prayer. That's a proven fact. We're dealing with it right now. You cannot live without good fellowship. That's a given. Bible instructs us to do such. You cannot make it without water baptism in Jesus' name. You can't make it without getting the Holy Ghost and speaking in other tongues. You can't make it without renewing that process over and over again. You can't make it without coming uh, as a, a living sacrifice and offering yourself to God time and time again. The sense of values is all out of sorts. We're trying to get that back. Trying to get your mind woke back up and help you to know and understand you've got to have it all. It's the fullness of it all. It's joy unspeakable and full of glory. Measure that. I put a number on that. Put a value on that. I remember the days in my lost condition, the nights I laid awake and wondered if I was going to hell. I remember making it home and wondering how I got there. I remember thinking about a bridge that I had to be careful to get through that bridge and all of a sudden realized I was past the bridge and didn't know how I even made it across. But I also remember that day God filled me with the Holy Ghost. And all of that was in the past. And my future became brighter by the hour. Old things are passed away. And all things are starting to become new. My love changed, my attitude changed, my heart changed, my mind changed. The way I looked upon others changed, my empathies changed. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, I feel a burden right now. Hebrews 2 and 1, therefore we ought to give more earnest heed to the things which we have heard, lest at any time we should let them slip. You need to take more earnest heed to the things that you hear coming out of this pulpit. The 10 pieces of silver in the parable is typology of our life for God. So let me just ask the question, what's it worth to you today? Huh? Just to be able to say you're right and everybody else is wrong? Just to be able to be your lazy self and just not do the things that you should? Just to think that you're a person that's a little bit lifted up other than the rest or that you've got something nobody else has got. 
Hey, I'm going to tell you, it all comes up to that. You're a big zero. Hey, you're losing out. Uh, you need to get back to God. Uh, you need to turn your life around. Uh, you've turned from the gates of heaven and you're headed to a devil's hell. And all it takes is repentance. My. My. Acts 17 and 30 times of this ignorance God winked at, but now commandeth all men everywhere to repent. Well, I just didn't know. I just didn't see it like that. That's no excuse. Not after tonight. I just read this. Now you know. Not that it hasn't been read before. I'm, I'm just telling you, you tonight. So we know by this it's essential. The commandment of the New Testament. My, 1 Peter 3 and 18, for Christ had also once suffered for us, just for the unjust, that we might bring us to God, being put to death in the flesh, but quickened by the Spirit, by which also he went and preached unto the spirits in prison, which sometimes were disobedient. When once the long-suffering God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was preparing, wherein few, that is, eight souls were saved by water, like figure wherein to even baptism also not save us. Well, I've already been baptized in Jesus' name. Well, how about the washing of the word? How about the washing of the word? <laughs> we get so caught up in our trains of thought and everything, we just kind of squelch out the, you know, you don't want to turn out like uh, uh, Esau and, and seek God and seek God with, with great sorrow. He sought God, but there he could not find him. Other places in the Bible said people got into conditions that the Bible says it this way, there was no remedy. What I'm trying to say tonight in the nutshell is, is why let it become a, a bigger deal than it is? Why not solve the problem now? Does it take an overturned car? Does it take a wrecked family? Does it take a hospital room? Uh, let's lift our hands right now and ask the Lord to help us. I really feel right now somebody's really weighing this out. Let me tell you why she lit the candle. Because she needed to get the revelation back in the picture. She needed the fire to come back into the picture. She needed to see better than she had been seeing. Huh? She'd been living in that state for so long, it, everything becomes so common that she needed to get a candle and light it and start searching. Uh, the Bible, let me read that again. Swept the house. She swept the house, sweeping the house. You know what it tells me? The house is too cluttered. It's time to clean house. 
Let this light of God's word open your understanding. It's time to clean house. Oh, man, I, I, yeah, I can deal with all that, but you said seek diligently. Oh, yeah, yeah, you just can't see yourself doing that again, can you? You mean I've got to come up there like I've never had the Holy Ghost and seek for it? That's exactly what I'm talking about. Oh, I have, you can't even get it formulated in your mouth what you've got. What do you have? Where are you with God? What does it mean to you to be in a place to where when the church is feeling the surge of the power of the Holy Ghost and you're standing there wondering what everybody else is feeling and you wonder why you can't feel it and you're so disconnected? I hope this is okay, Pastor. I, I, I feel this so... You, you're, 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 oh my God, help us tonight. Sometimes you just stop and wonder, what would it take? What, I, I'm limited. I'm just an old archie. I've got a limited vocabulary. God's really helped me along in, in life and in the ministry, and I'm trying everything I've got to try to reach somebody. And you know what? I feel like a stone wall is being thrown up. I feel like I'm, I'm butting heads against a stone wall. You know, we dealt with an old irate spirit this morning. We're not dealing with that right now. We just got a wall. It's the wall. It's been there too long. You, you've, you've put so much stuff between you and God, it's become a wall. You know, Samson played around with all of that until the day came when he got ready to shake himself and feel the power of God, and he shook himself and nothing happened. And the enemy came in and destroyed his eyesight and put him on a mill, and he ground a, a grain like an animal. And that's what the devil wants to do to somebody here tonight. They want to make a, the devil wants to make a mockery out of you. Because at one time you've had this and you had it right and you had it good and you had it like it should be and you got cold in God. You know what? The devil's doing like this and you're just in a little daze just trotting right along. And God's reaching out his hand for you. Your life doesn't need to end like that. It doesn't need to come to that end. Well, you know, my pastor hasn't said one word to me. <laughs> well, how many other preachers have preached to you besides your pastor? Sometimes I've had people say, well, God hasn't struck me dead. No, he didn't have to. You've been dead a long time. You're just a dead man walking. You're just a dead man walking. Let's all stand. I'm going to try to find a closing place here. Musicians can join me here tonight. I'm going to tell you about this little lady. She understood one thing in this relentless conflict of the Spirit of God, which is the Holy Ghost. Then in the conflict between the Holy Ghost and the enemy of our soul, at all costs, the Holy Ghost must be the victor. That's what she decided. This is too valuable to me to allow myself to let things go until 
I'm down to the bare minimum. It's got to be the manifestation of the Holy Ghost in our lives, and we know what that is, don't we? That's the part of God in us that others can see and witness. Amen? My. Everything in this woman's life became incomplete and came to a complete halt until she found that one little lost coin. I can't do anything else until I get this taken care of. Nothing else matters until this is resolved. My life cannot move forward until I get my life for God put back together. Just remember the scripture says that God is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. He's a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Can, can, I, can we be transparent today, Pastor? You find times in your life now to where you really have to diligently seek God. It never stops, does it? It never stops. We have to diligently seek God. I'm trying to get to an altar call, but I please let me obey what I feel in the Holy Ghost right now. I'm not trying to make a marathon out of this message. When it said she swept the house, you know, to sweep means you systematically cover an area. If she didn't even know where to look, she just went ahead and covered all the areas. Just sweep the whole house. Just go into every room of the house and sweep the whole house. Open the door to that area that you haven't let your pastor into. Open that door where you won't let God into. You need to open all the doors. And you need to sweep. Make a clean sweep. Excess clutter, unneeded trash can cause important fundamentals to be so covered up they cannot be noticed, let alone manifest. Excess baggage will drag you down. It'll make this journey grievous and hard. How long have you been carrying this? Just be seated for a minute. I, I really feel like Moms and dads, you really need to get rid of all your excess baggage spiritually. You're fixing to break into 2015 before too long. Are you going to carry that same old stuff over into a new year that you drug along all through 14? You know why? Uh, this is my experience, okay? 
I watched parents just drag that same old luggage along year after year. It started out as like a little roll-on, you know, a little carry-on. And they wouldn't deal with it, so every year it gets bigger, and then you see them, they're struggling and just dragging this huge trunk of junk. It's just junk. It doesn't amount to anything. It's just junk. It's just feelings, and it's just attitudes, and it's hurt feelings, and it's the past, and it's it's all that stuff. And and they just drag it and drag it, and, and you think, my God, it can't get any worse, but it did. I looked up one day, and here come their little kids, and they got their little backpacks on, and it looks just like mom and daddy's trunk. It really matters. <laughs> Woo, my God. Let's stand right now. Let's lift our hands to the Lord. Come on, it's time to examine ourselves. (laughs) Oh, Holy Ghost, help us right now. Help us right now. Help us right You can't afford to let this conviction pass off of you again. You can't afford to walk out of here and shrug this off again. You can't afford to just hold out and just wait till the service is over again. What are you thinking? What are you thinking? It's God. It's God that's making you feel that condemnation. It's God that's bringing that conviction. It's God that's standing here calling your name. This altar is open. <laughs> 